the Sunday Sermons Podcast. Good morning. Welcome again to Morrison Hill Christian Church and also welcome to, and this feels really good, the last Sunday of 2020. Yeah. Not sure that everything's going to change instantly because the calendar changes, but it's nice to know that we've made it this far and that this is something we can check off the list. Something I've been trying to check off the list all year long has been, I wanted to use the phrase, hindsight is 2020 somehow. And uh, it just hadn't been that kind of a year where you just kind of like throw random stuff out that much. But today, it's actually appropriate. We're looking back. So here we go. Hindsight 2020. There it is. It's finally happening. It's, it's, it's there. Seriously, though, We've gone over this truth several times this year, and I hope it's really fresh, but I want to say it one more time. We live in the moment. We can't live in the past. We can't live in the future. We are always alive in the moment. But part of living effectively in the moment includes looking back and looking forward and making choices based on those things in the moment. And that's what we're here to do today. We're looking back. We're also kind of looking around. Next week, we're going to mostly look forward. But mostly, we're going to do three things that God always calls us to do when we are processing things. These are three things you see in the scripture over and over and over. One is that we lament. We lament. We grieve. We admit, we say out loud the scary feelings, the hurt feelings, the angry feelings. We say them out loud, we throw them at the feet of Jesus. Second thing is that we rejoice. We also, at the same time, we acknowledge what is real and what is good and what doesn't change and the fact that we're still here. We thank God for that. We still express our trust. And then we remember that God is not forgetting us. So this first one, we're going to say this out loud together and then we're going to unpack what that means. We're going to do it. We're going to pray about it. We'll keep on going through all three of those steps. And this morning, as we look back at 2020, I invite you to not only look back at 2020, but to kind of recapture this pattern of how to handle anything as life goes on. Here we go. Let's say this. We must lament together. One more time. Here we go. We must lament together. Now, laments in the Bible are songs and poems that vent. They're prayers that remember and acknowledge the hard times. They express feelings out loud and articulately. Lamenting is not grumbling. It's not arguing. It's not causing dissension. It's not rebelling against God. Those things are always evil. And by the way, there are so many scriptures that I'm referencing sort of and out loud today. It's all in your, in your handouts, the digital ones you have at home, the printed ones here. I hope that you go back and read all these scriptures. But trust me, all these truths I'm giving you come straight out of scripture and I've referenced them. But laments are throughout the scripture. You see a lot of the Psalms. You see prayers in the middle of stories. You see Jesus himself lamenting in the middle of making prophecies or crying about what he'd like to do for Jerusalem, but what he knows is going to happen anyway. You see laments throughout the scripture. Dr. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project, he says, laments give a sacred dignity to the emotion we feel when we see injustice and suffering. And when we see something unjust, when we see suffering in the world, whether that's in our own hearts, in our own lives, or in those we, the lives of those we love, in the lives of our nation, the lives of the world, it's a good thing, it's a holy thing that something stirs inside of us. 
No matter how twisted and broken the image of God can get in us sometimes, we are all still made in his image. And that is something that comes from him. There is something that, that's just horrified by things that are wrong, by death and suffering and pain and injustice. That's a good thing, that we rail against those things. Dr. Tim Mackey also says that laments are an important spiritual exercise that brings our anger, pain, and confusion to God, trusting that he cares about it too. And that's why there's so many psalms and other places in the scripture where you see people do this. This is part of what we do to God. Instead of complaining to each other, instead of getting on Facebook or Instagram or wherever else you like to post rants, you take it all to God. And that is a holy thing. That is a transformative thing. You take it to him. And if there are so many throughout the scripture, but probably the classic passage, the classic one that's obviously a lament is the book of Lamentations. And this book was written at the beginning of the exile to Babylon. And you see a classic Lamentations happen. This graphic, by the way, is from the Bible Project. I highly recommend all their videos if you want to learn just more about how the Bible works and stuff. Fantastic. But Lamentations is full of raw emotion. It's full of doubts and fears and a bunch of other things they're kind of tossing at God. And yet at the same time, it's incredibly structured. In the original language that it was written in, the, all of the first four chapters are alphabet poems they have a completely different alphabet but if it would have been written in English the first line of chapter one would start with a the next line would start with b the next one was c and so on all, all of the first four chapters are like that and then the last chapter chapter five is just a a, a prayer and it, it kind of ends saying hey God we're counting on you we trust that you're gonna show up we sure hope you do it just kind of ends right there in the moment. And that's what laments do. And yet also even in the middle of lamenting, there's a taste of rejoicing, a taste of the remembering that we're going to cover in just a second. Uh, I want to give you some examples all from kind of the core of the book, which is chapter 3. Some of these will sound very familiar. He writes, he, talking about God, has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. It's not a statement of fact. It's a statement of emotion. Can you hear that? He's saying, this is what it feels like right now, God. You're not even listening to my prayers. A couple verses later. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. As Elton John would say, I'm still standing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, I'm still here. Somehow or another, I thought the world would end, but it hasn't. I guess... I guess there's still hope. We're not consumed because his compassions never fail. Some translation says his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Did you know that came from the biggest lament in the scripture? That statement. So they're remembering what is true even in the midst of the, the lamenting part. For no one, for no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief... He will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. Again, they're remembering that, yes, God allows some suffering. 
Sometimes he even causes it. In this case, they know full well. God promised it. If you guys don't straighten up, you're going to go into exile to Babylon for 70 years. He straight up told them over and over and over again. They know God is sending this suffering they're experiencing. They know for a fact this is from God. Sometimes it's from God. But this is never his perfect will. It's never his first choice to allow or to send suffering to us. Lamentations 3, 55 to 58. I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. And you heard my plea. Listen to his plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. God heard that raw emotion. He heard this cry for help. He didn't go, I would never, why are you saying that? I would never close my ears to you. What is wrong with you? What kind of a prayer is that? He heard his plea and this is what he says. You came near when I called you and you said... Do not fear. Lord, you took up my case and you redeemed my life. We've got a lot to lament this year. As individuals, as families, as a church, as a nation, as a world. There's a lot of stuff. And if it's, if it's okay, I'd like to invite you into prayer. And here's what we do. Normally, we pray these days. We bow our head and we close our eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's appropriate. I think it's a good way to pray. But biblically, whenever you see somebody praying, if it mentions at all what they're physically doing, they usually have their eyes open, their hands up, or they're on their knees, or they're on their faces. You rarely see that. So I'm going to pray this morning that way, kind of in a biblical lament sense. And I invite you into this prayer. We're going to acknowledge some of the painful things, and then we're going to move on to the rejoicing. Are you with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you and we say... That nothing in 2020 went as we imagined. None of the prayers that we prayed, none of the ways that we thought you were going to answer them happened. That hurts. We have been overwhelmed in so many different ways. All of us in different ways. We have lost people this year, God. Not to COVID, thank God, but we have lost several people in, in our extended family and, and, and that always hurts. We have lost a lot. We've lost hope. We have just, a lot of people have just been struggling. And God, our nation and everyone else has been struggling with so much unrest, not just from sickness, but from racial tensions, from political tensions, from so many different things. We have so many huge differences. And yet we see your hand in all of this, God, and we're going to celebrate that as well together. And we thank you, God, that because of your great mercy, your love and compassion that is new every morning. We are not consumed. We're still here. And that's a miracle. We acknowledge that to you this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Feel a little better? I do. You can always tell that something is a spiritual thing. It's a good thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing. If it actually helps the Holy Spirit produce his fruit in you. If the thing that you are doing, whether you're journaling or praying or fasting or whatever it is, if it is helping you experience love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if that is bubbling up in you because of that thing you are doing alone or together, that's a spiritual discipline. Lamenting can be a spiritual discipline. But we also must rejoice together. If lamenting is taking our burdens off and laying them down at the feet of Jesus, rejoicing is taking the first couple steps on down the road without that burden on our backs. 
Let's say this out loud together. We must rejoice together. And again, if there, are, there is rejoicing in this sense that we're exploring, in the sense that we're going to actually do it together again this morning, it's throughout the scripture, but there's a classic spot, just like there is in Lamentations, there is a classic spot in Philippians 4. If you're going to talk about rejoicing, you almost always go there. This is Paul writing from prison, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that transcends all understanding. We spent quite a bit of two weeks exploring the, that peace not too long ago. But I just want to remind you, it, it means that sometimes we experience it without understanding it. And that whether we experience it or not, we're never going to fully understand it because it's a God thing. It's bigger than us. Would you rejoice with me this morning? Once again, I invite you to let your heart pray. Let your voice pray. You can say amen or whatever out loud. Or you can be silent. You can raise your hands with me. You can close your eyes and bow if you want. But let's pray to God. Let's rejoice about some things together. Holy Father, 2019 prepared us for 2020 in ways we did not imagine. As we finished Thanksgiving and Christmas a year ago, there was such a spirit of joy and anticipation and unity we were ready to face just about anything together, we thought. We had no idea what we would face. But we thank you that you provided and you prepared us, even though we didn't realize that were happening. We thank you for the new leaders, God, that we ordained in the first part of the year. We thank you, God, for all the people that have stepped up and become leaders over the course of this year at crucial times. We thank you, God, for a growing sense of teamwork and unity and purpose even in the midst of the worst times. We thank you, God, for this is how you've worked through your body to help us get here, to help us even still be a church, to help us to still be alive, to help us still be one body, even though we disagree about several different things at any given time. God, I thank you that even at the beginning of the year, there was a wonderful TCTC, an amazing marriage retreat. We started serving even before the pandemic dead and now that's a deep part of a rhythm of our lives father we thank you for this and so much more as we continue to explore and remember god i just ask in jesus name that you'll help us to truly rejoice about all the blessings that you have given us the incredible grace of health and uh, physical and and every other kind of provision you've given us in the name of jesus christ amen Feels even better, right? Here's the, here's the third thing that has to happen. This is when we process anything. Just like there's stages of grief or anything that you go through. This is, just, this is not just a sermon, guys. This is not just a fancy way to look back at the year. I'm telling you, this is stuff, this is how we process things in Scripture. When you, when you have hard times, you lament and you rejoice and you remember that God will remember you. And in the scriptural sense, remember means to focus or to act. It doesn't just mean, whoa, you remember that? It means, hey, it's time now. 
It's like, I remember I'm going to go to church. It's not that I forgot. It's just, it's time to get in the car now. Are you with me? I remember it's time to eat lunch. Not because I've, I would just forgot about eating, but because it's time to eat lunch. It's time. Let's say this out loud together. We must not forget that God will remember us. One more time. We must not forget that God will remember us. This is the sense of the word that Mary meant. Uh, this will sound very familiar. We just did Christmas together. Uh, when she said this, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She's not saying, she's not imagining God up in heaven going, wait a second, Abraham, I was supposed to do something good for Abraham. That's not what it's talking about. She's saying, hey, it was finally time. And I got to be right in the middle of that. Wow. Genesis 8.1. This is the, one of those 40 stories we just finished exploring. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Once again, he's not up in heaven. The 40 days are just going by and he goes... I'm forgetting something. Michael, Gabriel, Noah, and the animals. Holy cow, we got to get this going. That, that's not what's happening here. He had a time. He had a schedule. He, had, he knew what was going on, and he acted on it. Exodus 2.24. By the way, that 40 number and also 10s, sometimes they get multiplied. You think it's rough to go through one year, 2020? Imagine going through 40 years times 10 years. 400 years of slavery in a foreign country without God doing something amazing. But he finally did. Exodus 2.24. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. This is the heart of the psalmist when he writes, Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. He's asking God to act. He's asking God to actually focus and can you do this now? Psalm 89 verses 46 to 47. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Hear the lamenting mixed in there. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember my the, how fleeting is my life. In other words, he's saying, God... Um, I know you're eternal, but I'd kind of like to see the answer to this question in my time. I know you know that. I know you haven't forgotten that. But could you act on it? Could you focus on it? Could you? That, that's the lamenting. That's the rejoicing. And that's the remembering that God is going to remember us somehow. Want to remember just a little bit more here this morning? All the senses of the world? I remember on March 8th. Somebody contacted me and they said, we just don't feel comfortable coming to church in person today. Would you mind putting it on the internet? I know it's hard to believe, but that was a new concept to me. I was like, what? You're not comfortable coming to church? Really? Hmm. Well, okay. So we did this. We weren't prepared. Billy actually took the picture of that. So I don't know if you, you were any of those people or if you went back and watched it, but our first streamed service was my phone sitting about right there 
on June's tape dispenser with a piece of one of Emmeline's swim noodles jammed in it to hold it up. And it was absolutely terrible, but it worked and people said thank you. March 8th. A week later, there was the whole lockdown thing and we had to go 100% online. Thank God we had Noah and several other skilled people on our team. They, they said, there's no way we can control the light and the sound and everything in here. We created a TV studio of sorts down in the teen center. Suddenly we were only online. Had no idea what we were doing, but thank you to everyone, all of you, for being so gracious and loving and realize we were all beginners. We've come a long way, but we're still kind of beginners at this whole thing. And thank God it actually worked. Here's some of those other things, just kind of fast forwarding through, but here's some things. Everything suddenly was new. Every, we were beginners at everything, but we also had a clean slate. We got to be really, really creative. It was, it was everything new sometimes is a good thing. And somehow or another, people stayed connected. Somehow or another, through phone calls and Zoom and online things and letters and drive-throughs and I don't know what all, somehow or another, people were still able to connect with God and each other. We, we still had a lot of fears. We had a lot of questions. But that drove us as a church deeper and deeper into the bedrock truths that don't change. We were able to explore and dig into and, and start applying in new ways some of the most powerful truths that are in the scripture that are true no matter. They are not dependent on our circumstances. This is always who we are. This is always who God is. This is always what we do, what every church that is a church does. And I don't know about you, but all the stuff that happened outside of our church really affected me too. The death of George Floyd and all of those things really ripped my heart out. But God was able to use that to help us to reconnect with some wonderful friends of ours. He was able to help us to still choose unity, to still praise. And I, I still believe there's going to be several wonderful things happen out of our desire to do something out of that and our prayers for that. We actually have some people, you might be watching right now, thank you, good morning, in Florida. We have people in several different states that have told us, we watch you all the time, you're kind of our church now. Never would have even imagined that kind of a thing before. We didn't have a Lakota trip. Broke my heart. But we had camp. Most of it. We had VBS. Unbelievably, our church actually grew. You can't tell, because so many people are staying home. But we actually had several new individuals and families join our church and start attending regularly in person because we were one of the few churches that was offering that as an option. And they sensed real love when they got here. We had to have a couple mini lockdowns. But we were able to bring Noah onto the team. Several other people that have helped in so many ways, volunteers and staff. One of the things that I know was God's will is that our, our outward focus has grown. I keep hearing so many stories about people that are just, they're, they're looking for ways to serve. They're looking for ways to reach out. Our men's group has really just gone through the roof this time. The, the teenagers and the kids have served and served in so many powerful ways. Raising money, helping out the, the police, uh, doing so many great things. The biggest Samaritan's Purse things we've done yet, helping at the Love Kitchen and so many other different places. Now the Serves Week is now a monthly thing for our whole church. All of that kind of evolved and started happening over the course of this 
year, the angel tree and all that stuff that had happened before, that's continued. If anything, those things are growing. Why? Because in the midst of it, somehow or another, whether we were thinking these words or not, but we were lamenting the things that were messed up, but we were also rejoicing about what was true, and we were trusting that God was going to remember us. We were focusing on what needed to be focused on no matter what. And God blessed that, my brothers and sisters. We can't forget that that's what happened. Philippians 4, one more time. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Have we had disagreements? Yes. But we've had so much more grace. Thank God and thank you to all of you. Have we asked the question, how long, O Lord? So many times. But his mercies are still new every morning. And he has been faithful. Several people pointed out to me that, do you know that 20 plus 20 equals 40? <laughs> In that 40 season, yeah, yeah. So 20, 20, hindsight, 40, it's all of those things. But you know what? We are still here and we're also online. And God is still going to do some amazing things, not only through Morrison Hill, but through his global church. As long as we stay faithful, as long as we focus on the core of his vision. Yes, there's less, showing, less people showing up in person, I understand. So kind of lonely and kind of hurts a little bit. But thank God there's so many joining online, so many people staying faithful in so many different ways. We had a wonderful Christmas candlelight service. Some of you joined online, some of you came in person. It was amazing. We had a white Christmas. That hadn't happened since 2010. That almost never happens in Roan County, Tennessee. We had a white Christmas. That was just a random cool surprise. Thank you, God. That was neat. Are you with me? There's still some good stuff that happens. There's still some beauty out there, even in the midst of it all. And here we are today. We're not shut down today. And even though the day started out, we had zero internet signal coming into the building. As far as I know, it's working right now. It was a few minutes ago. We're trying. And you guys are here. The early church actually had it way worse than we ever will, I, I imagine, unless things go really, really south in America and the rest of the world. They faced persecution, they faced famine, they faced so many terrible things, but they faced it together because they handled it. And if you go through the book of Acts and you read between the lines and all of the epistles, you can see these stories unfolding. You can see how they did all of these things that we're talking about today. They lamented the things that were wrong and they dealt with it. They rejoiced and they jumped in and they helped and they shared with each other. And the, the people who still had food sent it to the people that did not. And they, they went through this whole thing. They also had a lot of doctrinal issues. The Jews and the Gentiles, they were disagreeing about some pretty fundamental truths. There were some really rough times. But they were able to find unity. In one of those times, uh, Paul writes this, Galatians 2.10. They, they had all these questions, all these things, and they didn't end up totally 100% agreeing. But he said, at the end of the day, they decided we're all still Christians. We're all still part of the body of Christ. And all they asked, he writes, was that we would continue to remember the poor, 
the very thing that I had been eager to do all along. As we wrap up today, this is my encouragement to you. These are the kind of things that we've got to continue to do. No matter what we may still hurt from, disagree about, any of those things, we've got to, in the biblical sense, remember what we're about. Remember that God is on our side and God is more powerful than any force ever. Remember that he has called us to be a light in this world, to be salt in this world, to make a difference in this world, to grow his kingdom, to bring more people into his family. That is not an option no matter the, consequ no matter the circumstances. That is always our job. And we've got to remember the poor. We've got to remember the lost. We've got to remember the job that he has given us. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. Don't just go, aha. Focus on it. Get it done. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. As we look back, as we look around where we are right this minute today, next week as we start to look forward, I invite you to do these three things. Lament. Say it out loud. Write a poem about it. Write a song about it. Draw a picture. Paint a picture. Do a little dance. Do something. Express it to God. Say it out loud. Don't, don't shy away from it. He can handle it. David and several other people said some things I wouldn't dare to say to God, and it's in the Bible. Lament. Say it to him. But take it to him. Don't take it to other people. Don't whine and complain and argue and start a new church because you don't like it. Take it to God. And at the same time, I invite you to rejoice. Look for the good because there's always some good in there somewhere. God never totally abandons us. And remember, remember that he is going to remember us. In the biblical sense, he's, at some point he's going to act, he's going to do the things that he knows are best. So let's pray this prayer together. Lord, I will lament. Let's say that. Lord, I will lament. Lord, I will rejoice. Ready? Lord, I will rejoice. And I will expect you to remember me. All right? Lord, I will expect you to remember me. We know that he will. I don't know what kind of decision you might need to make this morning, but if you've got one you need to make, I invite you to make that as we stand and as we sing this final song. If you're joining us somewhere else, we invite you to let us know how we can help you follow up on any decision God is calling you to make. But at la I hope at least, at least that we can make this decision. That we're going to process not only 2020, but everything in the biblical way. And we're going to make a bigger difference than ever. God bless you.